Hey everybody, welcome to the Keith Battle Podcast. I am your host, Asha Battle, and I'm here today because it is a very, very special day. Um, Can I get a drum roll, please? Today is Pastor Battle's birthday. So look, y'all, we have to celebrate him. So whatever you have to do, send him some love. Shoot him a message on IG. Shoot him some cash on Cash App. His name is Keith Battle 3, the number three. I'm probably not supposed to do that, but it's his birthday. So I wanted to share with you all a message from the archives. It's entitled From God with Love. And it is a holiday-themed message. Um, It's an encouraging message about seeking God's wisdom and comfort while you're going through um, holiday blues for anyone who's struggling during the season. You might want to listen, check it out, and thank you for listening. All right. Well, we're in part two of our new holiday series entitled From God with Love. And last week we opened up the contents of that first box that Brother Jesus left at the door for me. And uh, this week we're going to look into the contents of box number two. And so the big idea of this series is we believe that God has given us with love the wisdom to know what to do when you're going through. The reality is all of us are going through something, whether it's academic, physical, medical, relational, spiritual, emotional, financial. Really having insight during those times is priceless. Really, when you think about knowing what to do when you're going through something is invaluable information. And so that's the blessing of this series that God is giving us to know what to do when we're going through. And so if you're not getting any holiday cheer this year, if, 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 nobody, if, you, if it's so bad for you that there's going to be a sock of coal under your tree, then you can rejoice in this, that God loved you enough to give us during this series something that's as valuable as anything else we could get at this time in our lives. And that's the wisdom to know what to do when we're going through. So now... In this series, the way we're doing this series, we're really taking the book of Lamentations, specifically the third chapter of the book of Lamentations, and we're using it as our biblical guide and instructions for what to do when we're going through. So whenever I open up the contents of a box, one of these boxes, I'm really opening up the passage, the biblical passage in Lamentations chapter 3. And so last week when we opened up the contents of box number 1, We were really opening up Lamentations chapter 3, verses 17 to 22, and both the box and Lamentations chapter 3, verses 17 to 22, told us what to do when we're going through. And the first thing that we need to do when we're going through is to realize that it's God's love and mercy that's sustaining us as we're going through. No matter how bad or difficult the situation is we're going through, Uh, When it's all said and done, the only reason why we're surviving what we're going through is because God's love and mercy is sustaining us. And if you're already through it or you're almost through it, the only reason why you survived 
uh, is because of God's love and mercy. It could have been worse, but God's love and mercy was there to sustain us. And that's good, that's good to know. That's great to know. that. And in fact, Lamentations 3.22 says, it's because of the Lord's mercy, of the Lord's great love, that we are not consumed. And so I thought about this this week, the fact that, you know, God's love and mercy has been shown towards us. He was showing love and mercy towards us even before we knew him. You know, it's not like, don't think that, you know, God started loving you and being merciful to you after you got saved. No, before you signed up for the Christian Jubilee. Yeah. Before you asked God to write your name on the roll. Before you prayed the sinner's prayer, before you went down the Romans road or somebody walked you through the plan of salvation, before somebody read the four spiritual laws to you or gave you a gospel track, whatever it was that, that started your spiritual journey with God, before even any of that happened, God was still loving and merciful to you. Even while we were in darkness, God was loving us and being merciful to us. That's great news right there. When you think about, just, I mean, just think about for a minute, think about how bad you used to live. And you used to talk and the way you used to behave. I know you still buck wild, but I mean when you were wild, when you were buck wilder. He was loving us then. That's awesome right there. And his love and mercy, here's how awesome his love and mercy. If you can't thank God for nothing else in your life, you need to thank him that he saved you before you died. What if, I mean, think that he could, you could have slipped into eternity without his grace and mercy, but he saved you before you died. That's awesome right there. I know this kind of hard for some of y'all, because some of y'all are so saved, if we cut you, you would bleed Bible verses right all over the script, right all over the chair right now. But is there anybody here who can think back far enough to remember what it was like before you knew? I mean, have you, how about this? Think about all the mess you got in, but he pulled you out. Or think about all the mess you could have got in, but he kept you out. Some of us was trying to get in some stuff, and he didn't even let it work out for us. That's good. Think about this. Isn't it interesting that the shooting and the stabbing happened at the party after you left? How you get out of there? And you, somebody in your crew got shot. Have you ever thought about this? How about the fact that you were supposed to be in the car that crashed? In fact, if you were sitting in the seat that you were scheduled to sit in, the impact would have taken your life. That can't be a coincidence. God was merciful and Okay, let me try this side over here. I, I feel it strong. How many of you have ever been? Have you ever been so drunk? I feel it strong over here. Or so high. And you were driving, and you, you drove from wherever you were, and you got home. And to this day, you don't know how you got home. That, is there any, who am I preaching to? Okay, the spiritual people here. Have you ever dozed off behind the wheel, and then you live to tell it? So the first thing we got to understand when we're going through is to realize that it's God's love and mercy that's sustaining us even in the midst of it. That it could be worse. That's box number one. Box number two is another lesson on what to do when we're going through. And this lesson is, next thing we need to do, the second thing we need to do when we're going through is we need to be quiet and humble while we're going through. This is going to be hard. We we need to be quiet and humble while we're going through. That's, that's the second thing we need to know. That's our point for today, to be quiet and humble while we're going through. Now, why would we want to do that? Why would we want to be quiet and humble while you're going through? Well, understand this. 
The reason why we need to be quiet and humble while we're going through whatever we're going through is because chatter and pride can keep us from hearing from God what we need by way of wisdom and direction concerning what we're going through. Let me, let me, let me, this is how it happens. Whenever we're going through something, basically this is how it goes. We're going through something, and what it does is it immediately makes us feel uncomfortable. We get upset. We, we, you know, we feel challenged because it stretches us. And so the reason why we feel all these things emotionally whenever we're going through something is because whatever we're now facing, we do not have the natural ability to handle it well. And so because we don't handle this well, it could have just been a conversation that set us off. It could have been something, some news we got, whatever it was. Because we don't handle it well, the thing we need more than anything else at that moment is wisdom. But in order to access that wisdom, we got to be quiet and still enough to hear it when it comes from God. And then we also have to be humble enough to acknowledge that we need it. See, the problem for many of us is as soon as stuff hits the fan in our life, we start running our mouth. We start turning to this person and that person, this group and that group. We tweet people. We text people. We email people. We, talk, we send out messages to people trying to get people to line up with us so that they will come into agreement with us that this is so unfair. And so we fight it, we resist it, we, we try to get people to feel sorry for us, all the while competing against the very thing that God may be trying to use in our lives to make us better or to do something in our lives. So while we're using up all that time to try to get people on, our, we try to build like a little support committee. You know, as soon as something pop off, we send it to somebody and say, can you believe this email he wrote me? Look at this letter she had the nerve to write me. You know, look at it. Look at it right there. So we forwarded the people in our little support circle so to try to get them on our side. I agree with you. And then we, we, re we respond and blind copy the people who are in our support circle because we want them to amen us and support us. And we even say, you know what? You see what they said in this about me? Now, you know that ain't me, ain't it? Because, you know, how long we known each other about? We know each other about at least about... Like a year now, and so you know that ain't even the kind of person I am. Have I ever said that to you? Have I ever done something like, look, how are they going to say this about me? And so listen what we do. We think if we can get a lot of people on that side, that that's going to work in our favor. Listen, let me tell you something. You can get this whole room on your side. It doesn't matter if you haven't gotten before God, who's the only one who can fix it, and who's the only one who can answer your questions, and the only one who can solve your problem. You're just wasting time. So be quiet. Because here's the thing, we start getting all these people, we start talking about somebody all bad, and we start fighting back and retaliating when we're going through something, and then we start putting somebody down because we don't understand what they're going through, and we, don't have, we haven't heard from God anything, because as soon as something offended us, we just went on and got our circle working, you know? And then what happens is, here's the danger that you might go along and you finally get some insight from God concerning it, which is totally different than what you thought it was, and so now you repent, you make up with this person. Person, or you see this person the way you're supposed to, but meanwhile, you done got a whole crew of people that's seeing this person negatively, and they thinking you selling up. Well, why are you all friendly, friendly with them now? I thought they was like this. Well, I forgot to tell you. Well, you should have told them that in the first. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is what we do. It's natural for us to want to defend ourselves and want to say, oh, me, oh, my, this is so sad. But the lesson we need today is here's the second thing you need to do whenever you're going through something. Be quiet and be humble while you're going through it. 
And for some of us, you're going through something right now, and you need this principle right now. Be quiet and be humble as you're going through. And it's not just something that I just pulled out of a, a Christmas box top prop. This comes from the Bible. And so if you have a Bible, turn to, you know, if you have to, turn to the table of contents and find Lamentations. And if you graduated and you know what Lamentations is and you have your own Bible, go on with your bad self, turn straight there then. <laughs> or if you got the little string, you know, you didn't put the little string in there from the last time. Bam. Lamentations, what? Lamentations. <laughs> or you got the little tabs on there with the little books. Where is Lamentations? How do you spell Lamentations? Is that in... I got the King James. They don't got the Lamentations in the King James. <laughs> when you get to Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 27 is where we'll start today. Verse 27, New International Version says, It is good for a man to bear the yoke while he is young. Everybody say yoke. Now, what the writer of Lamentations does here is he defines the drama and the difficulty that the nation of Judah is going through, he, des he describes it as a yoke. That's what he calls it, a yoke. And you understand, the book of Lamentations is a, a chronicling uh, of the plight and pain of a nation of people who are being punished by God for their disobedience. And so part of their punishment was they lost their property, they lost their land, they lost their houses, they lost their freedom, they lost all their possessions. They're in captivity. They're going through a rough time. And so he calls it a yoke. Now, the yoke represents, because they, they, this is happening because of their disobedience, it's a yoke of discipline over their lives. It's just like when you put a yoke on an animal. That yoke is put on an animal to, to, to control the animal's energies, to, to keep the animal within its boundaries, to keep the animal from going wild or going off track or Keep the animal going in the right direction. Well, whenever a, a, a person who's sinned before God and God has them under a yoke of discipline, when God disciplines we, his children, it is to keep us from going astray. Now, let me say again, as I said in the first part of the series, is that the fact that um, even though the people in Lamentations are going through because of their sin and disobedience, that's not always the case in everybody's life. Meaning that if you're going through hard times right now, it does not mean you're going through because you've done something wrong. But, but you do need to understand this at the same time, that discipline, is not, discipline from God is not something negative. As a matter of fact, Hebrews 12 says God disciplines everyone that he loves. And so if God doesn't discipline you when you do wrong, the Bible says that means you're illegitimate, that you're not his child. So, 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 so the writer of Lamentations comes along in verse 27, and he says, It is good for a man to bear the yoke while he is young. And, and the reason why it's good to bear the yoke while you're young is because it's when we're young that we need discipline the most. Now, understand, spiritually speaking, being young spiritually has nothing to do with how old you are. It has to do with how mature you are in your walk with God. And so since we're always maturing, there are always times in our lives where we need discipline. And understand, if because I can't tell you this, I don't know what, what's the situation in your life, but, but if you're going through something now because of sin and it's a yoke of discipline, understand that that yoke of discipline, even though it's hurtful, it's also helpful. 
that you got to trust God enough to know that even though it, it's, it's uncomfortable, it's ultimately for my good. And even if you're going through something and you're innocent and it's no fault of your own, we still need to go through it quietly and humbly. See, the way we behave when we're going through something is the same, whether we're innocent or guilty. We need to be quiet and humble. And the reason why we need to be quiet and humble is because God's always trying to communicate to something to us that we will not hear or heed if we're busy, busy talking. Now, I'm not saying this is easy because I know if you got a personality like mine, then going through something quietly is almost impossible. I mean, if you're like me, when we go through something, we're going to let people know. You're going to know we're going through something. We're going to tell the person that's causing the trouble and the people around us. But even though that's natural, that's not spiritual. The text is literally teaching, when we get down to verses 26 to 28, and, 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 and in a moment, it's going to tell us how we're supposed to bear the yoke. The text is literally teaching us to don't draw attention to yourself. Don't make a scene. Don't run to this person and that person trying to get a team of supporters around you. Humble yourself and use that time instead to get before God and take your attention, take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. So the question we need to ask today is, since there's a yoke upon these people in Lamentations chapter 3, how do you bear the yoke? How do you bear the yoke? That's what verses 26 through 30 is going to teach us today. How do you bear the yoke? Or for the purpose of this series, what we're calling the question is, how, what do you do when you're going through? See, going through is bearing a yoke. Whether you're going through innocently or you're bearing the yoke because of your own sins, what do you do when you're going through? How do you bear the yoke? Here it is. Verses 26 and 28 tells us the first half of our point. It says, verse 26, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. You see that? Then verse 28 says, let him sit alone in silence, for the Lord has laid it on him. The Lord has laid it on him. The Lord has laid what on him? That yoke in verse 27 came from the Lord. So he says, you bear the yoke quietly and you bear it silently. Be silent. Be quiet. Not natural, but right. And here's, 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 here's one of the reasons why we, we talk so much. Some of us talk so much when we're going through. We talk so much because we so want to defend ourselves when we're going through. It's just so natural to say, no, 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 that, that wasn't my fault. Or, or we so want to convince people that we're so undeserving of what we're experiencing. So we want people to agree with us. We want to get a, a, a crew of agreeers and ameners who will come alongside of us when we say, you know what, why would the Lord let this happen to me? And why my family? And why my sister? Why my brother? Why my mother? Why my father? Why my hamster? Why my goldfish? Why my dog? Why my brother? Why my job? Why, is my, why my ministry? Why my business? And we go through all this, and then we have people saying, you know what, because when people care about you, they are going to say, yeah, you are a nice person. That shouldn't happen to you. But it doesn't matter what they think. At the end of the day, we're wasting time going through all of that, trying to get, it's, it's almost, this is what we do. It's almost as if we make God our last option. We go to him last. By the time we get to God, we've already phoned a friend, we've already polled the audience, and used up all our lifelines. <laughs> then we'll be like, well, Lord, what you, what you, what, Lord? And they got everybody else on board, everybody else like amening you, everybody else patting you on the back and saying, you all right, it's no, you just, you, and all. And so, and so we, 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 God should be, I like what Deacon Jerome Harrington, our church says, he says, God should be our first option. 
First and foremost, I'm not even saying God won't use people in our lives. He does. But I'm saying first and foremost, let our requests be made known to God. And in order to do that, you've got to be quiet enough and still enough before him to do it. So the first thing we need to do in verse 26 and 28 is to be quiet. But not only must we be quiet while we're going through, but verse 29 and 30 teaches that we also need to be humble while we're going through. Look at what verse 29 says. Let him bury his face in the dust. There may yet be hope. The picture of burying your face in the dust is this. It's a picture of lying prostrate before God. It's an act of voluntary submission and humility. You can't get no more humble than that. This is beyond just kneeling before God. We have placed our face in the ground, our face in dirt. It is an expression to God to say, God, I need you so much. I surrender and I submit my life to you. I'm coming to you. Not only am I still and quiet before you, but I'm seeking you. I'm coming, bowing before you, reverencing you, realizing that you are superior in my life. And then in verse 30, the act of humility goes to another level where it says in verse 30, it says, and let him, whoever this person is bearing the yoke, let him offer his cheek to the one who would strike him and let him be filled with disgrace. This is a major picture of humility. Some of us are saying, well, I ain't, I ain't going that far. <laughs> but what the, what, is, what the picture is right here, here's what the picture is saying right here. It's saying, be so surrendered to God that you don't retaliate and fight back in what you're going through. See, see whoever this is for, the message to you in what you're going through is stop fighting. Stop hitting back. Stop titting, tit for tatting, or whatever you call it. Stop doing that. You, see, this is when your posture is, this is a person who is so surrendered. It's a captured soul. Somebody so surrendered, so trusting of God in this circumstance, that you know what? You can mistreat me. That's okay. Talk about me. That's okay. Dog me. That's okay. I'm not going to fight you back. Here's why. I am so surrendered to God right now that I know he sees what you're doing. And if he's allowing you to say it and he's allowing you to do it, he must have use for it in my life. Well, that's another level right there. All the clapping stop right there. Shoot, what? You don't have the luxury as a follower of Jesus Christ to just clap at his goodness and not acquiesce to the behavior you're supposed to have when you're going through. See, now it's time to be quiet and be humble. See, our natural reaction is, ho, ho, a what, what? We're going through something. We would really want to defend ourselves and step up and say, oh, you done crossed the line now. No, 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 no. Don't defend yourself. Stop trying to convince everybody around you that you're innocent. This is, this is, this is a terribly important thing because we're missing what God may be trying to do in the situation. Could it be that he's trying to get some glory out of this situation, but he can't even move in the situation because we're yakking and running our mouths and fighting and resisting and fussing and all loud and chaotic because something has disturbed our lives. Be quiet, be humble. Now, I ain't saying it's a comfortable response. I'm not even saying it's an easy response, but it's not a strange response either because this is the very way that Jesus Christ responded when he went through. You know, in the Bible, before Jesus was crucified, we're taught that he was stripped naked. They took his clothes from him and beat him mercilessly, and he never retaliated. Hey, y'all, Jesus Christ was quiet and humble as he went through. 
And the difference between him and us is he went through, he was 100% innocent. I can never say that about myself. And he was going through on behalf of people who were guilty. Remember, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, and he never retaliated. So how does this work like this week? How do we, you know, execute this this week? How do you be quiet and be humble as you're going through? Well, this is, this is it's a simple application. Here it is. Here's the application and takeaway for this week. Whatever you're going through this week, whenever you get upset, here it is. Resist the urge to vent to people. Resist the urge to vent to people and instead use that time, invest that time and get on your face. If you can't physically get on your face, do it from your heart. Get on your face and cast all your cares upon God. That's being quiet and humble as you go through. Taking your situation to God and not to people. See, see, see now let me tell you why this is so important. I don't want to confuse anybody. because See, some people, for some people, because of their personality and their spiritual maturity, this is natural for them. This is the natural way they respond. Some people, they always, you know, they don't complain to people. They go right to God. Some people like that. My wife's like that. She just, you know, rarely do I ever hear Vicky complain to people about anything. And it's not because she didn't have problems. She married to me. <laughs> but <laughs> somehow she's disciplined her life to just, she just takes her cares to God and just trust him with her life. Now, if that's how you do it, you keep doing that. You just keep up the good work. But for a lot of us, we run our mouths far too much to far too many people about what we're going through. And we don't go to God first. I'm not saying you can't ever go to somebody. See, when you go to God first, he'll show you who the somebody you probably need. Because some of us are going to the wrong bodies. You go to people just sick as crazy as you are. That's, that's, that's stupid right there. I can't, be, I can't be just having, you know, two stupid people, that's stupid squared. That's like extra stupidity. We both dumb. <laughs> so maybe I need to talk to God. He'll bring somebody with some wisdom into this situation. I'm not saying you never talk to people. I'm not saying God doesn't use people. But first and foremost, get quiet before God. Resist the urge to get people on your side and just talk to God. Get before him. And we're going to practice that in a moment. We're going to have an opportunity to literally practice this. In fact, you can come down to the altar today if you want. In a moment, Ruiz is going to come and sing a song and reminding us about who God is and what our posture should be before him. And so you can, you know, practice this today. But the, here's, the, here's the lesson again. Be humble, be quiet, and be humble before God, even if it's not the natural thing to do. Don't run everywhere else first and make God your final option. In the book of Habakkuk, um, Habakkuk, you know, is another book of complaining. And, and so Habakkuk is writing, and he's fussing with God about how terrible the desolation of Judah is and you know, guys, basically praying, God, when are you going to do something about this? Come on now, when are you going to do something about this? And so God, in chapter 2, verse 20, responds to Habakkuk. And God doesn't say, you know what, Habakkuk, I'm coming through. I'm, I got you, man. We're going to work, work this out. You know what God says to Habakkuk in chapter 2, verse 20? He says this, and we hear it all the time in old-time church at the beginning of the service, but it's actually taken out of context. Here's what he said. He says, the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. 
You know what that was, literally? That was God's response to a bunch of complaining people. That's what that verse means. You know what God is saying? Be quiet. Stop all that bickering and complaining and complaining. Why, God? Why can't we talk? Because I'm in my holy temple. What does that mean? That means this. As bad as things may appear, I'm still on the scene. And I've got it all under control. So zip it. Not just, not just you, Habakkuk. The whole earth. Shut up. I got this. I'm in charge. Have you ever been doing something and you was doing something and somebody didn't know how to do what you was doing, try to help you out, try to tell you what to do, and you'd be like. Oh, I got, I got this. You ever had to tell somebody, I got this? That's what God is trying to tell a lot of us in here today. You know, God, God, what you going to do? You know what? God said, I got this. Look at somebody right now and then you just go, shh. God doesn't need your assessment. He doesn't need you to fill him in. <laughs> he needs you. You can involve him, but you don't need to inform him. Just be still. And listen. See, sometimes we're trying to tell God something when he really wants to tell us something. But if you keep talking too much, you may not hear it. Right before Ruiz sings, let me, let me read from Psalm 46 to you. In Psalm 46, uh, it's amazing. It's such a bad situation going on, but the people are trusting God because of what he says about himself. Listen to verse 1. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear even though the earth gives way and the mountains fall in the heart of the sea. Can you imagine a catastrophe like that? The earth has given way. We can't even imagine. Imagine the earth just gave way and all the mountains just collapsed in the sea. He says, though the waters roar, verse four, verse three, the waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Verse six, nations are in an uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. It's chaos going on, a colossal mess going on. And look at what God says to everybody who may be concerned and worried in the situation. Verse 10, be still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still. Hush up. Be, pay, be humble. And know something about me. I am God. I am not an elected official. I am not your colleague. I am not your military leader. I'm not even your national king. I am God above all powers, above all kings, above all nature and all created things. Hush up. I got this. So in a moment, as Ruiz tells us who God is and how we should respond to him, this, you can kneel right where you are if you want to, wherever you're watching this, just to acknowledge him. That's cool. You can, you can come to the front of the room wherever you're experiencing this service and kneel with others if you want. That's cool. You can, you can just sit in your seat where you are and just take it all in. That's cool. Or you may even want to write a note to yourself telling yourself what you're going to do differently about how you've been handling what you're going through. Whatever you do, submit to God. Be humble before Him and trust Him that He's in control of your life. Thank you guys for listening and I hope you guys have a great weekend. We will catch you next time on the Keith Battle Podcast. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday.